As China's legislative sessions have come to a close, the focus is now on the document that will offer guidelines and targets for the coming five years, the aptly named five-year plan. Today, to get a brief roundup of what's in that document, we're on the line with our director in Beijing, Li Peizhang. From the U.S.-China Business Council in Washington, D.C., I'm Ian Hutchinson, and this is the China Business Minute. Li Peizhang is our director in Beijing. Li Pei, welcome back. Hello, Ian. It's nice to be back today. All right, so we're past the two sessions now, so I imagine the main talking points are going to be centering around the 14th five-year plan that was announced at the meeting. So maybe you can go ahead and walk us through some of the details from that plans and what people need to know. The Chinese government just concluded its two sessions last week. One of the major outcome is that they released its 14th five-year plan for economic and social development and its 2035 vision goals. The plan, which primarily covers a five-year period from 2021 to 2025, outlines a broader range of development targets and objectives from high-tech self-sufficiency to urban development, as well as to climate change. One of the major differences compared to the previous five-year plans is that this time, Chinese government didn't set explicitly explicit GDP growth target goals on the average basis. The plan instead focused on attaining high quality growth to meet the needs of a growing mid class and aging population. However, Chinese government will continue to address environmental degradation, global climate challenges, and a more complex geopolitical environment. The concept of dual circulation has, to, has been set as a focus on developing a strong domestic market while promoting trade and bilateral investment flows. China emphasized that it will not exclude foreign business and investment in its efforts to promote domestic industry. On the contrary, it plans to use trade and foreign investments to develop strategic domestic industries that rely on imports of critical equipments, components, or technologies. The strategy is in large part designed to reduce dependence on on exports for economic growth and shield China's economy from external shocks as a result of markets fluctuations or deteriorating relations with key trade partners. The dual circulation concept was developed under the circumstances when the pandemic was uh, become become a major threat to China and the global economy and the supply chain stabilities, as well as the increasing sanctions uh, from the United States on a number of uh, um, technology controls with expanded national security concerns. In addition to uh, increased household consumption uh, and disposable incomes, Chinese government continue to emphasize the important role that the trade and investment uh, played in overall China's domestic economic growth. The 45-year plan mentioned lowering import tariffs and other related costs, as well as expanding imports of high-quality consumer goods, advanced technologies, important equipment, energy products, and raw materials. 
It also calls for diversifying import sources, particularly for energy and agricultural products. China has joined the RCEP uh, and also expressed interest in joining uh, CPTPP. And Chinese government are also at the same time accelerating the negotiation with other countries for the free trade zones, uh, free trade agreement. Um, therefore, we believe that there is a, a strong interest for China to leverage a multilateral mechanism. Um, in order to reduce the tariff. However, as for uh, under the context of U.S.-China relations, uh, U.S. companies are are still facing the challenges um, due to the tariff sanctions uh, that initiated uh, during the Trump administration. And uh, even though we are having a phase one agreement, uh, we are we still don't have a very clear uh, understanding that how both governments would like to uh, negotiate or find what kind of path to gradually remove all the tariffs um, that has been put, uh, that has made both U.S. and Chinese companies being less competitive in the global market. Um, on the topic of investment, the 14th five-year plan described in detail how foreign investment and foreign invested companies can help China develop strategic industries. Uh, China, um, at several occasions, already announced that will further reduce the uh, foreign investment negative list and advancing openings in telecommunication, internet-related sectors, education and healthcare. However, without seeing uh, very detailed uh, uh, measures, it's unclear uh, to what extent that China would elaborate or would liberal those highly restricted sectors. On one side, that there's no doubt that Chinese government would like to welcome more foreign companies to invest in China, especially in the high high-end technology uh, sectors. However, China also appears to, uh, however, China also maintain as a cool mind that there has to be some certain safeguard in place as well. Um, the 14th five-year plan states that China will build a regulatory and a risk control system in line with countries' high, high level of openings um, this includes an early warning system to detect injuries to local industries, trade remedies, and other policy tools. National Security Review for Foreign Investment, Antitrust Investigations, and National Technology Security List Management System, um, as well as the well-known unrelevant entity list mechanism, will somehow all play a role in the overall legislative uh, framework. Another thing I want to highlight is that uh, the five-year plan, uh, uh, the five-year plan highlights uh, the high-tech breakthroughs, R&D, and self-sufficiency as the major objectives that Chinese government, um, China, should achieve during the five year uh, during the next five years. Um, by doing so. Uh, 
uh, China will increase R&D spending and offering more financial support, uh, as well as rewarding domestic innovations. Ultimately, Chinese leaders aim to increase the supply chain self-sufficiency, especially for critical components. This is seen as a crucial for both China's sustainable economy development and its longer-term plans to become an international technology leader by 2035. USCBC has published a standalone uh, articles uh, to all our members in summarizing the key points from the 14th five-year plan. Of course, we will continue to watch um, those uh, themes that are being highlighted in the five-year plan and uh, develop our uh, advocacy strategies and government engagement based on those themes. One of the upcoming China Forecast 2021 that is uh, hosted in Beijing on March 26 uh, will touch upon the topics such as digital economy uh, and and China's policy roadmap, uh, roadmap on the carbon neutrality. We have invited policymakers and um, China's top experts in the field to share their perspectives and their readouts of um, the 14th five-year plan. Um, if you're if you're interested in, uh, feel free to contact us uh, to seek more details. Yes, members can find a link to our full analysis of the five-year plan on our website, and I'll also include a link below. There is certainly a lot more detail in that document than we were able to get through here today, so you can read the, the full analysis there. Likewise, you can find more information about our Forecast 2021 conference in Beijing. I'll have that available below in a link, as well as on our website. So, Li Pei, thank you for the summary. Thank you. Uh, I will talk to you next time. Again, Li Pei Zhang is our director in Beijing. The China Business Minute is a production of the U.S. China Business Council, and you can always learn more about the work that we do on our website at uschina.org. If you like the show, please leave it a rating, leave it a review. It will help other people find the show. To all of you, I wish you a happy St. Patrick's Day, and we'll be back next week.